0: This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Simply Real Estate. Here we are and it is Boxing Day. I hope everybody had a fabulous Christmas yesterday. Again, you know what? It's unbelievable. It's like summer out there. You know, I don't remember a warmer Christmas in my life. So, what are your plans for Boxing Day today? I wish I could tell you could just run out and get all sorts of deals on real estate, but I don't think that's going to happen. So in today's show, we are going to be addressing a few things. One is, what is the market going to be doing? Also, I'm going to be having a guest on in a little while. It's a professional property manager. And if you're a landlord, you're going to want to stay tuned because we're going to be talking about some of the forms that you're going to want to know to use if you've got a problem with your tenant. And of course, last week, I was hoping that I was going to talk a little bit about this interesting question for Syrian refugees and what landlords can and can't do. But you know what? We had so many calls. I did not want to miss too many of them. So unfortunately, I did miss that as one of my topics. But I will be talking about that later in the hour. So... Everybody feeling kind of full today? Lots of turkey? Oh boy, I gotta tell you, one of my favorite times of year, but of course the next day you're always paying for it. And if you're out Boxing Day shopping, hopefully you're in the car long enough so you can hear what we have to say about real estate today, right here on News Talk 1010. I am your host, Todd C. Slater, and you know what? I've got a great show planned for you, so let's get started. First and foremost, what are we looking at for 2016? Right now, in my opinion, I think it's going to be a stable market. Now, there's all sorts of information out there that is concerning us a little by people saying, hey, look, bond market's going to start getting affected, interest rates are going to jump, the Fed a couple weeks ago decided to bump the interest rates in the U.S. a little. So is this going to have a major adverse effect to the Canadian real estate market? And I'd have to say no. I don't think it's going to be a major effect. I think that we will see, you know, perhaps interest rates trickle up a little bit more. You know, we could get closer to that 293 percent mark for a five year fixed. But hey, folks, I know we've been spoiled for the last several years, but really anything under 3% is basically a solid interest rate. Lock it in for five years and you can't go wrong. Now, a few of my listeners are probably sitting there saying, hey, Todd, but we want a better deal. There will be better deals coming along. The one thing you can be sure of, and this has happened time and time again in the marketplace, is that when interest rates start to bump up a little, all of a sudden the banks start seeing people get cold feet, then the bank will institute a uh, lowering effect. So we saw it years ago when BMO first dropped the interest rates below 3%, and of course at the time, Mr. Flaherty, uh, he jumped up and down and said, you know, I I don't approve of this, and so they quickly then bumped it back up, which then they later bumped it back down, and we've seen, you know, sub 3% for years now, but this can happen, so banks will arbitrarily start to bring down the numbers a little, they'll discount their rates a little bit more to keep market share, you know, keep driving it towards this specific bank, and then of course all the other banks follow suit a few days later. So is this going to happen in the spring? I think if we see interest rates bump up, I think if we see, you know, people trying to get a little bit more profit out of them, I think what we'll see is we'll see a temporary lift. And then of course, you know, three to six months later, we're going to see them drop down again. So it's a very big possibility for those of you that if you have not got your mortgage commitment, which I always tell you, you should do, then uh, by all means, then, you know, you need to start working on it. So a couple of things that I do want to talk about today for sure, though, is one very important issue. You know what? I would, first of all, if there's any of our new refugees from Syria that are now immigrated and listening to the show, I'd like to welcome you to Canada, of course. But there's a, things in the news that have been jumping up and down, and they've really been in the forefront, and I think we have to discuss it. And it's the rights of landlords. So today, I think, you know, the kind of theme of our show is going to be the rights of landlords. And immediately, there's been some landlords that have been coming under, you know, scrutiny that have been saying, yes, we understand that there are people that are uh, being, uh, you know, offered to rent some of the property. So this would be, again, Syrian refugees. There are people that are sponsoring them here into Canada. And they're telling the landlords that they're going to be their guarantors for their actual leases. Now, a few landlords are saying, hey, that's not good enough. We want to have more security. And one of the reasons why, of course, are these people are coming here with no jobs. Um, We can't do any due diligence on what kind of tenant they could be. So this means that when somebody's actually a guarantor on a lease, they are going to be held responsible. But the question is, is that how long, A, will the guarantee last? Second of all, is it a guarantee or are they part of the lease? So one of the things I'm going to recommend for those of you that are, you know, obviously trying to do a very positive thing, and I I commend you for doing it. But if you're going to struggle with landlords that are saying, hey, listen, you're not doing enough to to give us, you know, satisfaction that our properties are going to be taken care of with these new tenants then perhaps the actual people that are sponsoring the refugees will have to go on the head lease, meaning your actual name is on the lease as you would be as a tenant and you're allowing these people to stay under your tenancy. So you're you're actually signing on the dotted line and are fully responsible. Now again, a landlord has the right to say no. You can't force a landlord to take a lease application. Now, they're not allowed to discriminate so you can't do it on race, color, creed. You can't do it on anything like that, or for that matter, if they're if they're handicap or any kind of disability. You, As a landlord, you are not allowed to turn around and say, I don't like this person, I don't like what they represent, so I'm not going to allow them in my property. But a landlord can still turn down a tenant application if it does not meet their requirements. For instance... If an applicant hasn't had a job long enough, if they do not have a good enough credit rating, if there's been some kind of indication that they've done some form of credit check or a previous uh, check with landlords, they are allowed to refuse a tenancy. And this is one of those things that I think people have to understand and respect, that a landlord does not have to lease the property if you hand them an agreement of lease. So just because you show up with a lease, it doesn't mean they have to rent it to you. They can decide if it does not meet their requirements, but they also can't withhold, you know, on, on certain criteria. Now, of course, if somebody has got a bad credit rating, then of course you can turn around and say, listen, I'm sorry, your credit rating's not strong enough, which means that you're telling me you cannot repay debt properly. And to me, this is a very important factor. You know, if you don't understand what a good credit rating looks like, then my recommendation is go to my favorite friend, Google. And you can turn around and Google and say, how is a credit rating calculated? And if you ask that question, you will be in company of about 14 million people that have asked that very same question. But you'll see how a credit report works. And then you'll start understanding how things are gauged. So what is a good credit score? What is a bad credit score? And how does this come together? Now... For a lot of you out there, if you don't realize what your personal credit rating is currently like, I would advise you to perhaps go to Equifax. You can go to them online and get your own credit report. Sometimes people don't even realize that you know there's been some form of fraud or an application made in their name, or for that matter, a default in a payment, and all of a sudden their credit score has gone down you know, substantially, and they're not aware of it. So they don't understand why they're being refused on something. So it's always a good thing, you know, and I would say either once a year or once every two years, just to be able to refresh your credit score and understand you know, what your credit rating looks like and what lenders see. Because eventually, if you're a tenant now and you want to buy a property later, you're going to want to know, is there something you need to work on, need to improve? You know, is there there an actual blemish on your credit report that you have nothing to do with, and yet you've got somebody, either a landlord or a lender, saying, hey, listen, we're not going to go with you because of this. So again, your credit report is very important, but it's just as important to a landlord because it tells them how you repay. So back to the refugee issue for tenancies and landlords. Right now, if the government starts guaranteeing some of these tenancies, that's not a bad thing. But the question is, is does the check come from the government or does it come from the refugee? So does the money get passed over? Well, we see this situation sometimes with some of the um, things like, they call it ODSP. So this is the Ontario disability uh, pension that comes out. And so sometimes what will happen is people will actually turn around, and they can get the money sent to them, and then they give it to the landlord, or the landlord can get it directly. Now, a lot of landlords would prefer to get the money direct. Now, if you're a tenant that you're not worried about the money, you let the landlord get it directly from the governing body that's issuing it, then that's okay. You'll have more faith in the landlord. But when you direct it to yourself and then through to the landlord, this means that as a tenant, you're the person that may not pay the landlord. And this is where the big concern comes in. And this is again the issue that we have when we've got a you know, a, you know large group of people coming into the country. Chances are they're not buying properties, they're going to have to rent. Okay. There are groups of people that are trying very hard. And, and, and again, I give everyone credit for all the refugees that are being sponsored, the people that are, you know, putting money together, helping these people. I think it's a wonderful act of humanity, I think it's a wonderful thing for people to be doing, but at the same time, you do have to respect the landlord, the owner of the property, because they are concerned if something doesn't happen, meaning they don't get paid by the either the, the the current tenant who's going into the property or by the guarantor, then this landlord's the one who has to maintain the mortgage, the taxes, a condominium fee if it's a condominium, and everything else. So it's all money out of their pocket. So folks, we're trying to get an idea on how this works. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Simply Real Estate, I'm your host, Todd Z. Slater, and I'm talking about landlords today. I'm going to be talking further with um, with a property manager. We're going to talk about how landlords can actually Figure out what forms are going to be necessary if you're not getting paid your rent, or if you have to evict somebody. You know, it's a horrible thing to do as a landlord, but there are times where you have to dig in your heels, put up your dukes, and you actually have to fight because the problem is, is that if you're not getting paid rent and they're not willing to pay your rent, and it's no fault of the landlord's, then you have to know what you can do proactively so you can turn around and uh, and and get the tenant out. So. I'm going to talk more about that. I'm going to introduce a property manager to you when we get back after the break. So stay with us. You're listening to Simply Real Estate,
0: and I am Todd C. Slater. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Now back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010.
1: And welcome back. So, what do you think? do you want to be a landlord? Well, you're listening to Simply Real Estate. I am your host, Todd C. Slater. Here we are. It is Boxing Day. I hope that you're out there in the malls getting the deals you want, but if you're not and you're sitting at home and relaxing after that huge meal yesterday, hopefully you're going to sit down and relax for the next, oh, I guess we got about another 45 minutes to chat with you about real estate. And now I'm going to introduce my guest. Uh, He is the head of property management. He's property manager Mike Sackman. He is with Cyreg Management, a professional management company here in Southern Ontario that manages... Um, condominiums and apartment buildings. And uh, welcome to the show, Mike.
2: Thank you for having me, Todd.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today on Boxing Day. I hope you and your family had a great Christmas
2: oh you know the old turkey got stuffed up
1: <laughs> well that's not very nice to talk about yourself that way Mike you know <laughs> so anyway so Mike you know um, we've uh, what we've done is we've we've made this show about landlords and we we're hoping that maybe you can shed a little bit of light for us on what it is to be a landlord and some of the rules and regulations that landlords can use to their benefit because you know one of the things that we've noticed that a lot of people you know in the industry and when they're out and they're just managing their own properties, they always say, you know, the the landlord-tenant board always favors the tenant. But Mike, would you agree with that?
2: I would not agree with that, Todd. Uh, Through my trials with the landlord and tenant board over the years we've been doing this, uh, we have had many successes in our favor at the landlord and tenant board. And I think a lot of that is due to the way our office runs our property management and how we issue our forms to the tenants uh, for uh, various issues that may arise, such as, you know, non-payment of rent or late payment of rent, etc.
1: Okay, so Mike, you know, when you, when you actually have to make uh, dates such as going to, let's say, a tribunal, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I th- I'd love for our listeners to know, first and foremost, people do have the ability of going online. Do they not, to be able to look a lot of this information up?
2: 100%. If they Google and they simply punch in L it'll bring up exactly what we're discussing currently. It'll bring up all the forms, all the things that the tenant can and need to know about becoming a tenant.
1: So, Mike, just so we're clear, um, it is a two-way street, though, because tenants have rights as well as landlords. Would you agree with that?
2: 100% they do yes.
1: So let's 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 kind of delve into a couple of things and and you know because we're now coming through the Christmas months you know we're about to uh, we're about to come into the new year you know we're a week away you know less than a week away now actually to new years. And you know a lot of times I would think that you know people start struggling paying rent let's say come the month of January and February. Is that is that pretty common in in the actual landlord business? That typically
2: happens each and every year. Uh, not all the tenants, but there are some, and I would say probably 25% of them, if I have to use a number, uh, do have that because they tend to buy more presents and we're able to pay their rent on time.
1: Right. So they, I, I guess they get a little bit too far into debt and then the last person to see their money normally is the landlord. Exactly. Okay. So obviously, you know, as a landlord, you don't you don't want to turn around and immediately start jumping down people's throat. But at the same time, um, what is the first notice that we need to be able to tell people to utilize if okay. somebody has not paid their rent? So first of all, first and foremost, rent is normally due at the beginning of the month. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, when a, when a tenant uh, enters into an agreement, into a lease agreement for a period of one year, and that stipulates that they pay the rent on the first each and every month, whether that's a Friday, Saturday, or a Sunday, it is still due on the first of every month. And that's how we follow that rule. If they do not pay the rent on that date, uh, we usually give them a two to three day grace period, at which time we will then issue a uh, what's called an N4 uh, form, which is a, a notice indicating that they have not paid their rent on time, which gives them uh, uh, the exact outlining of how they must pay their rent
1: Okay, so Mike, this, this notice, now you just said you, you normally give them a grace period of a couple of days, just a little bit of leeway, but mm-hmm. you know, I've heard stories out there where people will turn around and say, you know, I haven't been paid rent in the last two or three months. Is this common for, let's say, people that are doing it themselves that they, you know, they just don't want to get the hassle or perhaps they don't know what to use? Uh,
2: it, it's a combination of both, I think. It's, it's a combination of the, the person that's doing it themselves, you know, will, will feel sorry for the tenant and, you know, they'll listen to, you know... A, per per se an excuse. Oh, you know, I ran into some trouble and I can't really pay it. Uh, When it comes to a landlord such as ourselves, you know, having multiple properties for us, it's a business just like it should be for the individual landlord. But at the same time, we have to stay on top of that because we're not in the process of paying rent for someone.
1: Okay, so folks, if you're just tuning in, I'm Todd C. Slater, and you're listening to Simply Real Estate. Joining me is professional property manager with Cyreg Management, Mr. Mike Sackman. And we're talking about the first form that you should be aware of as a landlord when you get non-payment of rent... And when you should issue it. So, Mike, so just to recap, one of the things that people should be aware of that you normally, you know, you'll give them a little couple days grace period, but you should have that form already ready. So if you enter into a tenancy with somebody, then you know that you can give it to them. Yes. Okay. So for yourself, you know, now now that you've delivered this notice, is there a time period that you have that you have to, to run out um, before you can do the next notice or the next action?
2: Yeah, it's typically 14 days from the time you've given it to the tenant, where the tenant has 14 days to make that payment. If they do not make that payment within that 14-day period, we will then proceed with what's called an L1, which is a form which would provide to them, which then indicates they are being taken to the landlord and tenant board.
1: Okay, so I'm going to come back to the L1 in a second, but to to deliver the first notice, the N4, do they have to give it to them in person? Can they put it on their door? Do they slide it under the door? How does a landlord deliver that notice?
2: Well, all three of those are correct, Todd. You you can deliver them in any of those three fashions, because when you do end up uh, going to the landlord and tenant board tribunal for the L1, there is a checklist and they will ask you how you delivered that notice to the tenant.
1: Okay, so here you go. You can turn around, slide it under the door, put it in their mailbox, hand deliver it. You give them a notice, and now they have 14 days to pay you rent before you take your next step. Is that correct? Yes, 100%. Okay, so Mike, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you hang on to the line because we're going to go to a quick break in a minute, but I want to talk more about some of the notices that landlords need to know about so, they can protect themselves for 2016 with tenants. So, folks, stay with us. I'll be back with Mike Sackman from Sireg Management, and we're going to talk more about notices that landlords need to know. So, stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Now, back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And
1: welcome back to Simply Real Estate. I am your host, Todd C. Slater. So, Here we are, Boxing Day 2015, full of turkey, listening to real estate, my favorite topic. You know what? Feels good, feels great. Got a great guest joining us right now. We've been talking to professional property manager Michael Sackman from Cyreg Management. Uh, Just to give you an idea, Michael manages, I think, over just around 500 suites throughout Southern Ontario with his team. And uh, Mike, we really appreciate you joining us today. Um, just before the break, we were talking about some of the landlord rights and we were talking about the N-4 notice, which is the first notice people can be uh, giving out to a tenant when they don't pay. Is that correct?
2: That's correct, Todd. The, uh, the N-4 is uh, the form that we typically use. And just so I can just give you one piece of information, we have had in the past when uh, tenants have received an N-4 form, uh, a lot of tenants do not read the form properly. And this is one thing I'd like to let everybody know that when they receive this form, they must read it from top to bottom, Todd. Uh, They they think that they're being evicted uh, at that time, which is incorrect. It's merely stipulating that they owe us rent.
1: Okay. So, Mike, uh, you know, a, a good question that um, my producer, Ian Grant, brought up for us just while we were at the break was, what's to stop a tenant from saying, I didn't receive it? And, and can that tie up your efforts to trying to get them out?
2: Uh, so far, for us, we have never had that issue uh, going under the door or going in their mailbox. It, it's not an excuse for them to say we did not receive it. We make every effort. Uh, to produce that document to the tenant.
1: Okay. So in, in the situation where you've just got somebody that they, they they own one property, let's say, you know, they're managing their own condominium, tenant hasn't paid them, you know, they slide it under the door, they mail it to them, so they sent it a few times. You know, obviously these are all dated as of a certain time. And again, the best time to issue this, Mike, obviously is not, you know, 30 days and 60 days down the road, is it?
2: No, the the time that the, that the individual landlord should be giving this notice to their tenant, even though they have one unit that they're renting, should be two to three days past the date that they're supposed to get their rent. And this, this circumvents them from having to wait 30 or 60 or going to the tribunal and saying, hey, you know what, I'm out 60 days' rent or, or, or three months' rent. Well, why did you not give it to them? And then they, that's when the excuses start flying.
1: Right. So if we're going to be a proactive landlord, and folks, if you're just joining me, I've got uh, property manager Mike Sackman from Cyreg Management joining us. We're talking about being a professional landlord because we know coming into the new year, Mike, this is a big time where, you know, some people will default on rent because obviously they've overspent over the holidays. He- um. But you know, looking at stuff like this, I mean, obviously you still have to be very proactive as a landlord.
2: Yeah, whether whether it's Christmas time, Easter or any 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 holiday, there there there's no need for, you know, someone saying to you I can't pay my rent. That that just doesn't fly. You you entered into an agreement and there is a, a rent payment due on the 1st.
1: Okay. So now that we've issued an N-4, you mentioned that we have to wait 14 days. This gives them them the ability to obviously get the rent paid if they have not paid it within that 14 days. What's the next step for a landlord?
2: Well, the next step for the landlord would be to issue what's called an L-1 form. And that's a notice indicating that the tenant has to go to the tribunal at a certain date in order to make the payment for what is owed, whether it's one month or two months. But in saying that, Todd, the tenant still has the ability to approach the management company or the superintendent and say, listen, I do have the money available to me. I do not wish to go to court. Can I make my payments so we do not have to go to court? And that is available to them as well.
1: Okay. So, Mike, one question, though, is that does this not cost the actual landlord money like, is there not a filing fee? If you're, if you're going to take somebody to court, obviously somebody's got to pay. So who pays it?
2: The, the application fee to go to court is paid by the landlord. And the application fee for that is $170. Okay. And that is paid by the landlord in order to file the documents uh, with the landlord and tenant board so that we can take the tenant to court. That cost, if we do end up going to court, is then paid in addition to the rent owing at that time.
1: Okay, so that's that's if... Now, I don't want us to jump too far ahead. So the landlord, as a landlord, we're now taking the tenant to court who has not paid us because they have not agreed to pay us. Yeah. You've now done a $170 filing fee, and now you're in front of a judge. Um, before we go any further, I just want to make sure that our listeners know that you're listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. I am the host, Todd C. Slater, and I've got uh, professional um, property manager Mike Sackman joining me right now. We're talking about the rights of a landlord and the necessary forms. Mike, we've got everybody up from, from the first notice, which is an N4. Fourteen days later, they've now, the landlord has got what they call an L1 in place they have to pay a filing fee of $170. Now there you are, landlord and tenant in front of a judge. What do you need to have to make sure you get a ruling in your favor?
2: Well, there's, there's two ways you can do this, Todd. You can either wait to go in front of the judge or there's what's called a mediation process, depending on the tenant status. There's, there's several indicators and and, and I don't, always go in front of a judge at this particular time we tend to go in front of what's called a board mediator it speeds up the process it helps the tenant get back to work because we are all obviously wanting them to go back to work Um, and it gives them the opportunity to make a payment status in addition to paying their rent on time on the first of every month so let's say a tenant owes you only one month's rent if they cannot pay that because they don't have enough money, we then do that through the board mediation process where they say, great, we will allow you to pay your rent in addition to uh, the first of the month. So they'll, they'll break out that rent for them in two easy payments, uh, let's call it that way. And so I'll get my money on the first, and on the 15th I'll get half of what was owed to me. The next month I'll get first again, and then at the end of that month I'll get the remainder of what's owing to us in addition to the filing fee of one hundred and seventy.
1: Okay. So that's, so, so hopefully if everything goes well, everybody agrees the landlord then is going to get the money back that a, they've lost in rent, but also for the filing fee. Cause listen, that $170 out of your pocket can, you know, that can add up obviously if you're, if you have outstanding rent. But the question then, Mike, is that if, if there's a situation where does, what if the tenant says, listen, I can't afford to pay, I'm not going to pay whatever, then what happens?
2: well then we then we then we have to go in front of the judge and ask for a termination of tenancy at the end of that month or the following month and the tenant is then aware that they still owe that money however they they pay for that whether they are able to come up with the money through going to a relative or going to a bank and making some kind of a loan, or we will then put them into collections.
1: Right. So, you know, it's not always guaranteed that you're getting your money when you walk out of that courtroom, is it?
2: Not always, no.
1: Okay. So I just I just want our, our, you know, would-be landlords out there to understand that, you know, you've got to line everything up. Mike, when you go into court with something like this, what should the landlord have with them as far as documentation?
2: Well, they have their, obviously, their their L1 uh, form. They have a checklist. They also bring with them a statement showing when and how the tenant has paid their rent, whether they're on a pre-authorized, whether they have given post-dated checks, or whether they bring their rent each and every month to the superintendent. Have they ever been late? Have they been on time? These are the things that we bring as, as a landlord to the tribunal, so that most of the time i would say 95 98% we get the ruling in our favor.
1: Okay, so which which is a great record. Now, of course, should they bring a copy of the lease, the signed lease?
2: They don't need a copy of the signed lease cuz that has nothing to do with rent payment.
1: Okay. So, that's a, that's an interesting comment. So, so a signed lease doesn't have even though they entered into agreement to pay it. Yes. Okay. So, is it is it because you've done a necessary filing of something that th- well, indicates they, what the rent is?
2: The L1 form is an indicator, uh, and it's, you have to stipulate on the form. There are parts that you fill out with the tenant's name, who lives there. Is it just the tenant? Does he have uh, another person that is also on the application? In other words, it could just be as an example, you know, one person living in the unit with two occupants or it could be husband and wife who are both on the tenancy agreement. They would both have to come to the tribunal or they would have to agree that one person is there representing the other. On this form, Todd, it indicates what their current amount of rent is.
1: Okay, so Mike, I'm going to have you hold that thought because we're going to go to a quick break, but stay with us because I want to talk more with you about this. So folks, stay with us. We'll be right back with Mike Sackman.
0: You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010.
1: And welcome back. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You are listening to Simply Real Estate. And you know, it's been an interesting show. My guest is Michael Sackman, property manager with Cyreg Management. And uh, Mike uh, Mike manages properties all over Southern Ontario. Great experience in this industry. Fortunately, he's been sharing some of his knowledge with us today. We've been talking about necessary forms for landlords. And if you're sitting back because you've uh, you know you've got all that energy knocked out of you because you had a great Christmas dinner yesterday, Awesome. If you're stuck in traffic because you're doing a little bit of Boxing Day shopping, hang in there. Keep tuned in. We still have a little bit more we're going to talk about. So, Mike, thanks so much so uh, so far for sharing this with us. But just to reiterate, we have been talking about necessary forms for landlords when they're not getting paid rent, such as what they call an N4, which is the first notice. And you'd mentioned, you know, make sure you uh, get it within the first couple of days of non-payment of rent. And then when we start looking at taking people to court potentially to either put the you know get the pressure on them so they're going to pay the rent or to have them evicted they have people have to serve an L1 which of course will cost a landlord $170. So am I right so far Mike?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Todd. It's called an application to evict the tenant for non-payment of rent.
1: Okay, so you were you were just finishing off before the break. We were just chatting about you know obviously the people that have to be there and be put on these forms because I had asked the one question: is do you need a copy of the lease? And you said it's not necessary, but I would I would imagine it's still handy to have it in case you, you need some kind of reference. But it's not necessary. So so. Here we are, we're, we've either been in with a mediator, a judge, and what happens when a tenant turns around, they end up getting evicted, how do people get their money? Because is it not still owed to the landlord?
2: Yeah, the, 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 the tenant still owes the money to the landlord, whether they're, they're, they're going to remain in the unit or whether they're being evicted uh whether they make a mediation agreement, the, the amount of money is still owed. And, and if the board rules, obviously, in our favor as a, as a landlord, they are then given a choice of they can either leave before the tenancy ends with the knowledge knowing that they owe the rent or with the knowledge that we are going to be putting them into collections for that rent that is still owing.
1: Okay. So now again, um, you know, if we go back to, you know, you, you, you manage a, you know, a large management company, you have, you know, multiple staff and, and, and obviously hundreds of tenants. So, you know, you have the luxury of having a collection agency, but if we just talk about, you know, your typical layman, um, what, what, you know, your typical landlord out there, let's say managing one or two units, um, what kind of costs are involved for a collection agency. I mean, I've heard anything from 30 to 40% of the outstanding amount a collection agency will take to chase people down. Is that is that about right?
2: Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct in the 30 to 40%, and, and most likely for the individual landlord who, ha- who has a small portfolio they may be on the higher side of 40%. And when you're talking, you know, a company that has, you know, multiple uh, residential units, uh, they'll be able to negotiate a better rent for that collection agency.
1: We've got one other note I think we wanted to talk about. And um, for those of you just tuning in, I am Todd C. Slater. You're listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. I'm talking to professional uh, property manager Mike Sackman from Cyreg Management. We're talking about the rights of a landlord and the necessary forms Mike, what happens if you've got somebody that's constantly late? Is it possible to get rid of them, or is it possible, like you know, they they they, they ring you out every single month? You know, you have to give them then four, but then they pay you on the fourteenth day because they figured out their schedule. Um, what if this constantly happens? I mean, it gets to be a little bit of a hassle for a landlord, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a big hassle for a landlord because obviously they're 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 trying to play a game with you, and you know, with with either the hopes of you trying to evict them. Or they just think that you're going to lay down and say, well, okay, I'll just take it and I'll take their, their payment on the 14th or 15th of every month. There is there is a form that can be used, uh, which is called an m 8 form, and that is for a consistency of late payment. And what that does, we then take the tenant to court, and what the court rules is that the court does not rule an eviction process, but they give the opportunity to the tenant to pay for a period of one year on the first of every month, whether that's a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And if they fail to pay on time through that ruling, we then are able to evict that tenant without further cause.
1: Okay. So listen, Mike, I I greatly appreciate you joining us today here on Simply Real Estate. Uh, It's been awesome having you. And, uh, you know, you've given some great information again, folks, uh, Mike Sackman from Cyreg Management, pretty much talking about your first notice being an N4 normally given a couple of days into uh, the late payment. Uh, 14 days later you can turn around make a filing for an L1 it's going to cost you $170 to do it hopefully if you do go to court a mediator or a judge will award it back to you as the landlord if you do get an eviction notice obviously uh, Mike what I guess one other thing is people have to pay for a sheriff is that correct
2: yes
1: and and, and what are the costs involved in that
2: the sheriff uh, typically runs about $350 once we have the eviction notice that we receive from the tribunal, and if the tenant does not leave and then we have to get the sheriff involved, it costs us about $350, and that gets tacked on to what the tenant owes us.
1: Okay. Well, listen, Mike, it's been, it's been great having you on. We'll definitely have to have you back to Simply Real Estate. Thank you so much for sharing your Boxing Day with us, uh, wishing you and your family all the best for the new year. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks, Todd, for having me.
1: So we've been listening to uh, Mike Sackman from Cyreg Management, and, uh, you know, great information. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do a show like this is because a lot of times January and February are tough months for landlords. You know, some people have, you know, cranked up bills, overspent at Christmas time, and of course it's leaving them a little bit short for rent. And, of course, you know, the last person that typically gets uh, gets lost in the in the mix are the landlords. and it's it's very consistent. So again, um you know, sharing with you some of these notices. Now, of course, you can go to the uh, landlord and Tenant Board uh, website, you can find out about these notices. You can download them, print them, fill them out. You know, one of the things that I would encourage people to do, um, of course, uh, those of you that have been listening to me for a long time know that um, I am the founder and am the Simple Investor, uh, which is a, um, which again is a complete management system in property management of investment properties. We always have opportunities uh, throughout Southern Ontario But one of the things that, of course, that we focus on is, again, the right tenancy. And sometimes, you know, you can think you got a great tenant, but then again they start getting lackadaisical, they're not always paying, and all of a sudden the money's coming out of your pocket. As a landlord, this is really, really tough, because it affects your cash flow, it affects the ability of the investment property to actually be a good investment, and this is where some people just give up. So, if you want to find out more, go to the simpleinvestor.com and find out more about what we actually do, and if you always want to have a meeting i'm always i always leave my door open to people you can always reach me at the office at 905-812-2524 so what do you think what's the new year going to hold for you is it time for you to buy your own property is it time for you to move do a move up property is it time for you to buy an investment property there's lots of things that people do and you know what the countdown started what are we about five days away from new year's eve i think maybe less yeah about five say, Saturday, let's say, yeah, five days, and we've got New Year's Eve down right in front of us, and we're looking at it and saying, okay. And it's amazing how people make, you know, New Year's resolutions. To me, this is one of those things that, you know, I always say I'm going to lose some weight, and maybe this year I will. You know, I'll stick to my New Year's resolution. Um, you know, last week I brought into uh, to the station here a bunch of chocolate croissants, and they're absolutely delicious. And of course, I have to have one, but that's not going to help my New Year's resolution. But that was last year. You know, that, you know, I can always say that on on the first of the year. That was last year. So now it's a brand new year. Not going to do that. So uh, to everybody listening from the station, you're getting fruit this year, 2016. You get fruit, no more croissants. But you know, one of the things that we've got to look at here is that okay, what is your New Year's resolution? Can it be financial and can it involve real estate? Well. One of the things I'm going to talk about next week on my show is I'm going to be talking about a buyer, but an in-depth buyer and all the things you need to have on your checklist before you go out and buy. So I'm not just going to sit there and tell you, Hey, listen, make sure you get a pre-approval. No, 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 no. There's so much more to buying a property than just that. You know, for those of you that I've done it several times, you're saying, Hey Todd, it's not a big deal. Well, that's because you've got the rollover equity and everything else is moving over, but there's lots to talk about. And, you know, going everything from a property, sorry, a home inspection, to your financing, to talking about a lawyer, who do you use, uh, talking about agents, how about educating yourself on agents. So I'm going to give you the list um, and it'll be, I'll I'll say it's next year, which of course is next week, but uh, next Saturday, I'm going to make sure that I educate you. So make sure you tune in for that list. If you're thinking of buying this year, that list is going to be very advantageous to you. And of course, you know, we're looking at the market and what's it going to hold for 20 2016. Again, um, I was talking with Jerry Agar this week, and uh, we were talking about you know where the market's going. What about interest rates? What's happening in the condominium market? You know, or have the foreign buyers saturated the marketplace? So the market's going to crash? You know, all sorts of interesting things. And, and you know, if I if I pull out my cap because this is my last show of twenty fifteen. And I'm going to try to talk intelligently of what I see the market doing next year. I see a very stable market. I feel that interest rates are going to bump up a little, but I see that they're going to also come back probably in about six months. You might see them drop down a little. I don't see the Bank of Canada really having the ability to jump the rates unless, of course, we have a massive rebound in oil, which is one of the reasons why, you know, we could see the rates bump, you know, significantly. But right now we're struggling in Alberta where we're uh, we're looking at unemployment. And, you know, so we've got a very diverse market. We've got the Vancouver market that continues to have, you know, strength. We have the Toronto detached market that continues to have strength. The Toronto condo market may be the one of question in 2016. I don't see a massive decline, but I definitely see some consistency in the market, maybe sitting around 2% increase. so if you're a speculator, sorry, 2016 is not going to be a great year for you. If you're a homeowner, I always believe in home ownership. There's lots that you can do. There's programs out there. Energy efficiencies work on that. Hey, if you're going to sell and they've got the energy audit that's going to be introduced, watch out because you know what? That's going to catch a few people's eyes. If we keep with multiple offers, we shouldn't have to worry about it too much. So let me close out with 2015 saying I'm wishing everybody a happy new year. All the best to you and your family. For all of us here at uh, Simply Real Estate and News
2: Talk 1010, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next year.